0: And tonight's message, if you're taking notes, it's, I've labeled it issue or problem, amen? And I'm just going to pray, and in uh, Psalms 143:11 it says, For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life in your righteousness. Bring me out of trouble. Father, I just come before you, Father, and again, Father, I thank you for just bringing me through the miry clay, Father God, and bringing me out of all the trouble that I've been involved in. I thank you, Lord, that you placed my feet on solid ground, Father, and you created in me a clean heart, Father, a new perspective in life, Father, and we just give you praise in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. And if you have your Bibles, if you would open them up to uh, Mark five, chapter five, verse twenty-four, and I'm going to start start reading in uh, verse twenty-one. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying. He said, Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. Verse 25, a woman in the crowd that had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent all everything that she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought... To herself, I can t- if I can t- just touch his robe, I will be healed. Say healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her troubled condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had got out, of, out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? Say, who touched me? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. If you notice in the beginning of this scripture, this woman is uh, referred to as woman, a woman. And after Jesus came and, and talked to her, what did he call her? He called her daughter. So each and every one of you are daughters of Jesus Christ. How many of you here have been touched by Jesus some way or another? Come on, if you have, raise your hand. i want to see it. Everyone in here should have their hands raised up because Jesus has touched us. So I'm a son of Jesus Christ. I could put myself in this woman's position because at one point, that's what Jesus came to me, and he touched my life. He touched my marriage. He touched me when I was lost and bound. I was an alcoholic for many years, and Jesus touched my life. And just like this woman who had suffered this condition for how many years? Twelve long years. Twelve long years. Some of us go through things two or three months, and we're ready to give up. We're ready to throw in the towel. But this woman wasn't. This woman was persistent. I remember years ago, before we got saved, and I didn't tell my wife I was going to share this, but we went out looking. My wife and I, we used to go incognito. Well, my kids, were they were out in the, out in the world, man. They were like, pfft. they put us through hell and fire. Those two over there. Not this one. This one's been raised in the church, so... She's got a good upbringing. Those two back there, sitting back there, Elias and Raquel, just so in case you don't know them. I'm going to throw them under the bus tonight. No. This is is a testimony of what the healing power of Jesus Christ can do. Just like this woman, she knew this issue of blood kept her away from people. This issue kept her away away from people for 12 long years. And she got to the point where she got desperate. And I remember years ago, I believe at this time, I'm not, I don't remember if my, da- my daughter wasn't in the home, women's home yet, but she was still out there, out and about. She wasn't as bad. But my son was held up in a crack house. And my wife and I, we tried, we tried, we tried with the law enforcement. Law enforcement didn't do nothing. We were actually given the law enforcement details where they were. Hopefully they would go and pick him up and put him in jail so that we knew that he wouldn't be getting loaded. But we saw his life waste away. I saw my son's life waste away. I remember riding along with him when he was a little boy, about his age there little Juanito there, Juan, driving around in my 70s step side, and he was always, he was always next to me. He was, always, he was my sidekick. He dressed like me. He always wanted to dress like me. You know, and I remember the enemy came. And I want to say this because a lot of times we, we think that putting our kids in, in sports and stuff, we're going to keep them out of, Drugs and gang violence, it's not. If your kids are in the sports, that's okay. The main thing is to teach them about the love of Jesus Christ and bring them into the house of God. Because that's what's going to keep them. When they build that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what's going to keep them. And I saw my son, I put my son in every sport, and he was good at it. But I saw him, eventually he went out, He started dabbling with, with, with that stuff in the world, and it took control of his life. But I thank God today that both my sons, both my son and my daughter, and my other two daughters over here, we're all serving the Lord in the same house. And just like this woman that suffered the issue of blood for 12 long years, my wife and I, we were praying for my son for like 17 years, man. But we never gave up. And just like this woman, she never gave up. Even though she tried and she tried, she went out and she went to different doctors. The Bible says that she went to many doctors. And the doctors just took, took her money. And, and they, in other words, what the Bible is saying is they took her money and she was worse off. So they messed with her. They messed with her body. And, and it continued to, to plague her for 12 long years. This woman was not allowed to be around any people because of the Levitical law. She wasn't able to have a family. She wasn't able to have kids. She wasn't able to have a husband or be a, a wife to, to a man, to be a mother because of this plague. And I, I searched, you know, and I was wondered, in the Bible it says a woman, but it never says her name. But Jesus called her daughter. But today I was reading a book, and I've I've always wondered, what was her name? Who was this lady? And I was reading a book today, and it was was called uh, Great Women of the Bible, and it has this woman's story in there, the issue of blood. And in that book, the book says that one of the scholars that knew her wrote about her. After Jesus' crucifixion, and there was a a place where she had, there was an erected model, two statues, one of this woman kneeling at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus touching her. And this is a model of what Jesus said, my daughter, your sins are forgiven, you're healed, your faith has healed you. And in this book, it says that her name was Veronica. Veronica. And I was like, whoa, finally. But I don't know that it's, you know, theologians say that her name was Veronica. I don't know. We didn't know her. The Bible says a woman, but it also depicts her as a daughter of Jesus Christ. Amen. But it also says in this book that that Jesus, when he was walking, carrying the cross to Calvary, that she handed one of the centurion's a handkerchief or a, a cloth to wipe Jesus. So this lady, this lady, after her healing, I believe that she was one of Jesus' followers because of what Jesus did. And, and in, this, in the scripture here, it talks about, it tells us that, that she testified. She was so desperate that she went she knew that she wasn't supposed to be in this crowd, but she went. She says, you know, I'm going to get my healing tonight. She heard that Jesus was in town, but she knew that she wasn't supposed to be there. And how many, how many know that at times that we can allow things to get us and take us down, but then eventually we get tired. We get tired of being tired. How many here got tired of being sick and tired? Huh? I got tired of my drinking. I got tired of my drinking. Last week, I heard Pastor Toby preach a powerful message. And, and one of the things he said is, don't let the devil steal your identity. And the devil stole my identity. And the, the last Thursday, Pastor Tony spoke a powerful message as well. And one of the things that, that touched me and really ministered to me is, is he thought that Jesus, that God forgot about him, but he didn't. Could you imagine this woman 12 years not seeing any relief or or any comfort, how she felt that God was against her? But God wasn't because God sent his only son for her. She was a special daughter. And at times we feel like that. We feel that God has forgotten us. Like that's how I felt. Since I was 15 years old, I think I was 39 when the Lord healed me. He touched me. He touched me, and and took that curse of alcohol out of my life. And I didn't come to the altar. I wasn't in the church. I was standing in front of my house with a six-pack in one hand and a spray can and a spray gun in the other. And God used my son, God used my son to minister to me. And and the funny thing about it is my son called me, my son called me to bail him out of jail. And I told him, I'm sorry, son, I can't. And I began to minister to him and I began to tell him, you know, that you have a problem until you recognize your problem, you're not gonna be able to get any help. And then God turned it around. And he began to ask me, Dad, I, I know that's true. But you have a problem too, Dad. And right away I got all defensive. No, nah, man. I'm hey, listen, man. I'm a hard-working father. I've raised you guys good, clothed you you know, sheltered you, got a house, got a good job. But God used him on the phone to minister to me. And he told me, Dad, you're an alcoholic. You've been drinking since you were how old? And I told him, I explained to him, he was, Dad, you're an alcoholic. You're just a legal drug addict. And that's what he told me. And I remember that day that, you know, I and I felt the spirit of God fall upon me, and I just broke, you know, and I asked him. I said, son, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I do need help. And I fell to my knees, and I asked him, pray for me. And he prayed for me, and that prayer, because he prayed a prayer of faith, healed me, cleansed me, touched me. And that was the last day. A matter of fact, my wife, my wife here, she used to, she used to laugh at me because... We were drinking partners. Even though she would outdrink me, but <laughs> after a while I would get tired of people coming over. I would like I'd go back and I'd go into my room, I'd fall asleep. And she'd always get mad at me and say, How come you always crashing out and leaving me alone with the people? I go, Well, it's kind of hard to get rid of people sometimes, you know. They don't get the hint, you know, like you know. So if you're over at my house and you see me yawning, it's time to Pack up and go, man. Hey, I, I'm I'm being honest, man. I don't I don't hide stuff, man. If I say, hey, you're too being too noisy. I remember the youth came over to my house one time. And my wife and I were we were we took off and they were praying at the house and I was we were pulling up and I could we could see them and the neighbors were walking in and they were like looking in the windows and they were praying down fire in that house, man and they were speaking in tongues, and, and I, I went in. And I, to, I told them, I walked in, and I saw one of the kids pick up a chair, and I said, Hey, hey, what are you doing? Is he in the playground? But that's how I am. You know, I'm up front. You know, that's how God created me. But I, I thank God that, that He touched my life, that I'm here today, you know, in the right mind. And, and this message tonight. I I just want to encourage you tonight that, that God, he's on the throne. Amen. How many believe that God is still on the throne? See, the Bible says at the same moment Jesus felt energy discharging from him, he turned around and to the crowd he asked, who touched me? His disciples, the one that asked him was Peter. He was one of the closest ones to Jesus. And he, and he told Jesus, Jesus, you're asking who's t- who touched you? We're in a crowd, man. People are touching you all over. But Jesus knew. He felt. And see, the lady, this woman that came up behind him, she, was, she knew that she, she wasn't supposed to be there. But out of her persistence, she went. And she says, you know, I'm, I'm a, I need to get healed. I, I, if, if I believe that if I only touch the hem of his garment. See, they used to have tassels on their garment. And and back then, in those days, they knew the reverence of that. And she knew that and she believed that if she went and she touched the hem of his garment, she didn't have to touch Jesus because she didn't touch Jesus physically. All she did is she touched the hem of his garment. And at that moment, Jesus felt he felt something, some power pulled from him. You know, the Bible says in many, in many of the scriptures that, that Jesus, after he, he did healing, he was exhausted. He was exhausted because something went out of him. Even though he was God, he, he still needed to get refreshed. He always went away and, and got refreshed, replenished. This woman... When she touched his garment, she didn't go up and make a big uh, commotion about it. She went in faith, and she just touched his garment. And Jesus, he pulls her out. You know, he calls her out. She knew what she had done, and she knew that she had been healed. She came forward in the crowd, but see, she knew. When she went in, she was hidden. She was hiding. She was being incognito, just like we were those times. But once, the minute that she touched the hem of his garment, she knew that she was cleansed. She knew that she was healed. She knew that no longer did she have to go away for seven days because she had been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. See, Jesus is in the healing business. Jesus is in the restoring business. See, when she touched him and he called her out, she came trembling, but she also knew that she was no longer ashamed. She had no longer to be afraid because now she belonged in the crowd. And I know that right now in our church, this is one thing I love about my church here. I thank God that we have women of faith. I'm going to share this for the guys, man. If some of you guys aren't praying and your wife is encouraging you to pray, you need to get in prayer, man. You need to get in prayer. I thank God for my wife because sometimes she comes up to me and she tells me, you know, you need to make some time for prayer before you go to work. Even though I go to work early, she tells me, you know, and I thank God that my wife is up front. She'll get in my face and tell me, you need to get some prayer. You need to get some prayer. How many married men are here? Raise your hand. Hey, has your wife ever, ever told you, man, you have issues? Huh? My wife's told me that. Sometimes she told me before, and she goes, you got an issue, man. You have issues, huh?" Just like this woman, she had an issue. The reason I'm saying this is because when we have issues, if we don't take care of them, we don't deal with those issues, and we don't allow God, we don't allow the Lord Jesus Christ to deal with those issues, they're going to turn into a problem. Just like this woman, for 12 long years, she dealt with this issue. And eventually, this issue, it turned into a problem, a nagging problem. A heavy problem it burdened her for twelve long years i I could Im- I can't even imagine how 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 to deal with something like that for twelve long years i have I think I have arthritis in this thumb right here, so pray for me I can't even put on one of those those um, work gloves those Elastic ones, those uh, vinyl ones. It hurts to put it on. This woman today, one of the ladies, the bus drivers, had those, what are those, salampas? It's a little pad. It's like, I put one on. I put a little piece on there and it felt better. And I was like, praise God. Now that I don't have it, it's starting to hurt again. But this is something that Jesus, when Jesus heals us, it's going to have to be by faith. Some of us right now, we might be going through things because we're not, we're not exercising our faith. Each and every one of us, just like Pastor said, we have faith. Faith to give. Faith to give. Faith to give. Because it, it will come back to us. And it's only, the Bible says that in Hebrews, that the only way to please God is by what? By faith. You know that I'm here by faith? I'm here by faith. This was a hard message for me to, when God spoke to me and told me this is what I want you to speak on, and I was like, I, as I was reading the scriptures, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I want. I kept trying to, my wife, I was telling her the other day, I was, nah, I got a message, but God gave me a message, but I think I'm going to preach on something else. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't get it. And I'm like, so I just, you know, I had to humble myself and say, all right, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. But it's by faith that I'm here tonight. That's what it took me so long to get here. Pastor Toby even asked me. Are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) They're looking for you. You better get in there. But I thank God for faith. Look at your neighbor and tell them, by faith, you're here tonight. By faith, you're going to get your healing. How How many need to be healed here tonight? It could be spiritual healing. It could be a physical healing. It could be a healing from alcohol, pornography. It could be healing for a marriage. If you want that healing, it's going to take faith for you to come up to this altar at the end of the service. You don't come up here to, to let people see you up here. You come up here to get a hold of God. Pastor Toby, I believe it was Pastor Toby, mentioned sometimes we come into the altar and we take our problem to the altar and we set it down. And at the end of the altar call, we get it and we pick it back up. Or sometimes we pick up, oh, I don't want that. I want this. I'm going to hang on to this still because I haven't let it go yet. If you're dealing with problems in your marriage, if there's issues in your marriage, at the altar call... It's going to be the place to bring your issue. Eventually, it's going to turn into a problem, just like this woman. See, we really don't know anything about this woman with the issue of blood. She could have been any woman. She could have had been every woman. Perhaps the Lord referred to her in such as a daughter so that every woman could relate to her and put their name in her place. See, this woman's problem was that her issue the blood lasted too long. In other words, it didn't go away. It didn't go away. It just it kept on day after day after day. How would you like to wake up day after day knowing that your problem is still there? Huh? That you, that you know in the morning when you wake up your problem is still there. That issue is there. And that issue is now turning into a problem. That issue now is turning into a problem that's causing problems at home causing problems at work. Anybody here ever had a problem that wouldn't go away? I did. You see, she had continuing problems. The Bible says that in Leviticus, if the issue stops, she must wait seven days to be declared cleansed. And that's in Levitical law in 1528. An issue of blood 12 years. She had not been ceremonially clean for 12 years. In other words, She was financially drained. The Bible says in Mark 26 that she spent all that she had. All that she had. She was in pain. She was not getting better, but rather grew worse. The Bible says that she was a social outcast. You see, imagine having the issue of blood every day of your life for 12 years. That's 4,383 days. Could you imagine counting each day? Some of you brothers that are in the home, don't be counting the days. Huh? No, I've I've heard brothers in the home say, I've been in the home for three months and four days. Don't count it. Get rid of the calendar. That reminds me of jail or prison time. Because men and women that are incarcerated, they're always counting their days. But I thank God that Jesus touches the hearts and minds of men and women in incarceration and and takes that perspective out of them. And they say, when God releases me, when the Lord opens those doors, I won't be set free. See, she had no hugs, no kisses, or any type of intimacy with her husband if she had one. She could not prepare her family's food if she had one. She could not do housework. She couldn't be a wife or a mommy. She had sat in in an isolated house for 12 years staring at the walls. For all intents and purposes, she was good as dead. See, she endured all this for 12 long years. But guess what? The Bible says her faith caused her to action even though she knew that she wasn't allowed around the people. Her faith stirred up. Psalms 30, verse 5, it says, For his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. And this woman knew that that morning that she was going to after, go after her healing. Amen? Let me ask you this. Have you ever said, Will I ever have children? Am I the dad or mom that I'm supposed to be? I've asked myself that before. Am I really the father that God's called me to be? Can I enter fully into my ministry? Or can I or will I accomplish what God created me to do? Have you ever asked yourself that? I'm sure that this woman had these same thoughts. You see, problems that linger too long are problems that drain away our life. That's what happened to this woman. She had an issue for 12 years, and her life had drained away from her. Let me put it to you this way. When a problem stays around too long, you end up with two problems instead of one. This woman, she had an issue. That was a problem. And that problem turned into another problem. So now she had two problems. And that's how it can be with us. So we need to know that if we have an issue, we need to give it to Jesus. We need to ask Jesus to take care of it for us. We need to have that faith. You see, in my life, my problem, it began to speak to me. And if you have a problem, your problem will begin to speak to you. It will say, I am your problem for the rest of your life. Hmm? My wife used to laugh at me when I told her, you know, I'm quitting. I'm not drinking anymore. Two weeks later, I'd be tipping the bottle again, and she, she got tired of it. And she used to, like, yeah, right. But that day, that day that Jesus touched me, she saw me dumping the 12 pack the, down the sink, and she was asking me, What are you doing? I go, Jesus touched me. I just felt the presence of God. I don't have a desire for the alcohol no more. And she was just looking. She was a, because I had just bought it. She was in awe. She was like, dang. But I thank God that he never gave up on me. I thank God that, that my son was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And God used him over the phone. See, your problem will remind you of a pattern for the rest of your life. It will remind you of how you grew up and give you all the details of every negative thing you have ever experienced. That's because, like Pastor Toby mentioned the other day, it's engineered by the devil. See, the enemy loves to brag about how long he's been around. He's been around a long time. But let me ask you this. Have you ever had a problem that stayed around too long? An issue that's been long, around for a long time? Imagine how it felt for this woman to wake up every morning. Perhaps it's drugs or alcohol. Wrong relationships. Perhaps it's unforgiveness. Or living an isolated life and not letting anyone come into your life. Maybe, perhaps, you're not walking right with God tonight this issue will turn into a problem. Whatever it is, it's an issue that eventually will turn into a big problem. If I could get the keyboard player to come, please. My brothers and sisters, here tonight, your issue may not be blood like this woman. Whatever it is, however, it is like a woman's Like this woman's problem, it's draining the life out of you. See, it's diminishing your vitality, your sparkle, and your energy, your enthusiasm for living. If it isn't money, it's our children. If it isn't children, it's your marriage. If it isn't your marriage, it's your lack of marriage. If it is not that, it's something else. See in Matthew seven, seven and eight, it says, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. This woman, that's what she did. She got tired of being sick and tired. She got tired of her issue. And she came forward and she says, I'm going to go after mine. I'm going to go get my healing tonight. I'm going to go get my healing. And she didn't care what anybody said. And this is something that I want to encourage you tonight. Don't worry about who's here, who's looking at you. It's going to take faith for you to come up here at this altar call. It's going to take faith. And it's only by faith that God will begin to answer your issue. If you you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord will begin to move in your situation, in your issue. See, I don't know what your issue is, but I know this. Every one of us has one. Every one of us here tonight has an issue. There's always something. If we look long enough, listen hard enough, be sensitive enough, we'll discover it. You may be in denial about your own problem. Look deep in your heart. Listen to your own talk, and you'll find it. It's your life-draining issue that Jesus wants to heal tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to open these altars tonight. Hallelujah. By faith, it's going to be faith that stirs your heart tonight. It's only by faith that we can make this altar call. Whatever your issue is tonight, just bring it to the feet of Jesus. Come and touch his hem. Come and touch the hem of his garment tonight. Jesus is here tonight. And I want to invite you forward today.